Do you want to be a better coach? Georgia Southern University can help. We offer a fully online master's in kinesiology created by coaches for working coaches. Our full-time faculty combines for over 100 years of coaching experience. Georgia Southern's program is nationally accredited, so you know you are getting quality. We pioneered fully online programs over a decade ago and have had students from 27 states and multiple countries. No matter where you are in the world, Georgia Southern University can help. There is no GRE requirement, and it only takes 14 months to complete. You start classes in May and finish the following July. We have coaches just starting out to veteran coaches of over 30-plus years. So no matter where you are on your coaching journey, Georgia Southern can help. Follow us at GSCoachEd or look us up, and Georgia Southern can help you be a better coach fully online. Coaches, this is Coach Matt Dennis, and I'm truly excited and blessed to join Coach Furtado on the Championship Vision Podcast. If you're a coach looking to get better at your craft, you're really going to love this episode. If you'd like more great coaching content, I encourage you to check out other episodes on the podcast, as well as to head over to CoachMattDennis.com, where you can join my newsletter and sign up for a free trial of the Coaching Lab, where my goal is to help coaches find more success in less time. Coaches, hello, it's Coach Kevin Furtado. I'm your host of the Championship Vision Podcast. And today is episode 279 of our Championship uh, <clears throat> Podcast. Today we have Coach Kim Stevens. She's the head women's basketball coach at Glenville State University <clears throat> in Glenville, West Virginia. I'm um, so excited. She's going to be talking today about her uh, great system that she has and and a lot of you probably know or might know in Division II, um, they're the highest scoring program in Division II women's basketball. So I'm going to pick her brain and get some ideas on how it can help my program out and all my listeners. Uh, Kim St Stevens enters her sixth year as head coach of the Lady Pioneers basketball team. Last season, 2021, the Lady Pioneers and Kim Stevens went 12-4 and and 10-2 and in conference play. They finished second in the regular season in the South Division of the MEC, they also fell in the MEC Tournament Championship to UC Golden Eagles. It was their fourth straight season making it to the MEC Tournament Championship, and the fifth straight season they made it to the NCAA Tournament before falling to Tiffin. Also, in 2021, Coach Stevens had Sakaya Winfield earn All-American honors. Under Kim, all-time GSC has scored over 100 points 70 times. Coach Stevens is 123-20, and 20, overall as a head coach of the Lady Pioneers. So you're going to really kind of get a detailed analysis uh, of what she does to have one of the best programs in Division II women's basketball. And I'm, and I'm really excited to uh, learn so much from this great coach. So let's welcome Coach Kim Stevens. Coaches, welcome uh, to episode 279 of the Championship Vision podcast. Uh, we have a great honor to have Coach Kim Stevens here, the head women's coach of currently the number one ranked team in Division II women's NCAA women's basketball. <clears throat> She's from Glenville State University in West Virginia. Coach, welcome. Thank you for having me. Hey, Coach has your really unique system. I I'm calling it 100 by 70 because, and it's probably, she's probably broken that, that mark already, but um, she is, their program has scored 100 points 70 times 
Uh, and I think that's accurate, right, Coach? I, I have no idea, but I know it has been, it's been a lot. Absolutely. And I want you to kind of delve into that. But before you do that, Coach, I know uh, today, I, I think you've already kind of finished up your, pra your practice. So, uh, hey, how did practice go today, by the way? Well, we, it was going to be a, a skill workout, but we actually had to change it. They were, they were fixing the scoreboard, so we're going to have to go at, at 4.30 tonight. So, you know, know, life of Division II basketball, you just always have to be on your toes. And so we're, we, we have some things we got to work on from last night's game. So I'm, I'm clipping up the film now, and we're going to have a very long film session before we dive into practice. So it'll work out. That's right. Um... And I want you to kind of, you know, uh, uh, based on how you guys play, I'm curious on how you guys practice as well, because I know it's unique. Uh, before you get into that, man, you've had a, you come from a family of basketball, man. You have a heritage of basketball in your family, starting with your dad, Scott, who's, who won so many games at Parkersburg, correct? Parkersburg South, yes. Yeah, yeah. Talk about his influence and on you, and not only that, your two sisters were great players as well. Talk about your family. Yeah, my it's definitely 100% a basketball family. Um, my dad played at Pitt and then transferred to OU. He was 6'10", so he was a, a giant. And my, both of my sisters were 6'5 and 6'4". Um, and I'm, I don't know what happened to me, but I'm only 5'10". And so... <laughs> Um, my dad coached us when we were younger and then he got an opportunity to coach us in high school. So he was my, um, head high school coach for four years. And, you know, he's the reason I wanted to coach and just watched how hard he worked and, um, his love for the game really rubbed off on me. And both of my sisters played at the university of Cincinnati. They played together and it was always my dream to go division one, but I was short and I was slow. And so that was, was not in the cards for me. And so I came to Glenville state and um, was very fortunate to be able to just be around a family like that and be in the gym all the time and be able to learn from all three of them. Um, because my sisters taught me a lot of things that they picked up on from, from Cincinnati as well. And so, yeah, definitely a basketball family. I think I was probably picked the least likely to succeed in basketball, but that kind of <laughs> makes it fun. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I think a lot of your successful coaches are just like you. I mean, um, you know, maybe not top, you know, great players. And I'm sure you were very good. It was not. It's okay. It was not. <laughs> <laughs> but you were a coach and you probably learned a lot from your dad, what did you learn about coaching when you were younger? I mean, when did you know, like, hey, this is what I want to do? Um, so I always wanted to play at the highest level I could possibly play at. Um, so I remember going to like a WNBA game when I was younger, thinking, this is awesome. I want to play in the WNBA. And then, you know, like very quickly in life, you realize, well, that's not going to happen. Um, so what's the next best thing? Well, the next best thing, and you still get to be in the arenas and you still get to be on the sidelines is, is coaching. And so that's kind of when I, I flipped it to like, all right, I'm not going to be the greatest player, but I can stay in the game and I can stay around the sport I love by coaching. Um, so, I mean, that happened, <laughs> happened probably in junior high that I kind of switched my sights to something more reasonable there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, when did, uh, when did you kind of transition that from your, your playing career and says, Hey, you know what? I want to get, you know, I'm really, I want to get on the sidelines. Um, this is something I really want to do. Yeah, that, that was something I knew in high school, um, yeah. playing for my dad. I, I, I knew I wanted to stay in sports, and then I was in college, and I did an internship um, 
at the University of Cincinnati, actually in their SAD department, because, you know, you always think, well, I just, I know I want to stay around sports. I know I want to be in athletics. And so I did that internship and I sat behind a desk for eight hours every day. And I was like, nope, this nope. is not it. Um, exactly. And so I could actually, from my desk, I could see the football field and I could watch the teams working out on the football field. And I just remember I would so much rather be down there than up here. Um, and so that was, that was a good experience too. Cause sometimes with those internships, you learn what you don't want to do. Yeah, absolutely on that. And uh, I know this, uh, I'm a PE teacher, elementary PE teacher <laughs> and a coach. So I know about, I can't do anything else. Okay. I, I don't know what <laughs> else to do. So I definitely understand. I just, and actually now what I'm doing is uh, I'm actually helping in the classroom as a American government co-teacher. You know, in high school, you do everything, right? Right. You do it all. Yes. <laughs> hey, let's get right into it. Um, you know, to tell us about the philosophy of your system and why you're doing it, because really at the college level, I guess it more at the maybe the D3, D2, you hear about, you know, actually system coaches where it's up and down, sub in, five in, five out. Talk about your philosophy on why you decided to go with this type of system. You know, I think I think it makes sense. It's a system that's that's very similar to, to how I played. Um, and I think at this level, we have a nice mix of players. And so we, we have 11 bodies that we can throw in. So we might as well use them. And anytime you're going to use the whole floor um, and press for 40 minutes, you're going to have to throw in a lot of bodies. You're going to have to play a lot of people. Um, and so, I mean, the whole, the whole system, if you call it, or my method behind it is to get more shot attempts than your opponents. And so if you're on the same scale, uh, talent wise, and you get up 20 more shots than them. However, that, however, that is, you get up 20 more shots than them and you have a great chance to win. And so, you know, we try to force a lot of turnovers. We try to steal the ball. We try to offensive rebound and then we try to box out. And so we really, really, really talk about possessions a lot. And that's what we try to do. Um, night in and night out. It just happens to look a little bit different because we do it quickly and we try to wear teams down in the process. Yeah, and uh, I really want to know kind of your specifically your 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 game goals. I know here what we do is we try to get him seventy five plus shots, um, thirty plus three point attempts, force twenty five plus turnovers, and we're a plus ten scoring margin we look for. And then you know, um, and we try to get twenty five free throw attempts because we think mm. that's getting to the rim. What, 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 um, for high school, you think that's I mean, there's a lot of times that we get it, but there's a lot of times that we don't. Uh, how did you formulate your, your team goals? Um, all of our team goals is based on possessions. So I'm not particularly worried about the amount of shots we take or the amount mm -hmm. of threes we take. Um, it's all based on possessions. And so uh, we want to get – I'm trying to run through these real quick. We <laughs> want to get 50% of our offensive rebounds. Okay. We want to out-rebound our opponent, obviously. We want to force 35 turnovers. We want 17 of those to be steals. We want to turn it over less than 12 times. And we want to foul less than 16 times because at this level, that means that they hmm. never got into the bonus. They never got to shoot foul shots. Yeah, I, lo I love the fouling goal. I, I don't have a fouling goal. Uh, they talk about that a little bit. Is that you don't want the clock to stop? You want to keep – Possessions moving. Is that correct? I mean, obviously. Yeah. Well, in women's basketball, the rule changed a few years ago. And so after the fifth foul in each quarter, they yeah. get to shoot two foul shots. And so 
those are just easy shots that we're just handing teams. So we're just going to try not to just send them to the foul line. And no, we don't want the clock to stop, but we also don't want them to get free shots. Yeah, that's right. I might have to add that in, Coach. I'm, I, I know I'm going to steal a bunch of stuff from you, but um, talk about your possessions. You give me like how many possessions you're looking at or pace of play that you're looking at? Um, I would say we get up between uh, 70, I'd say 80 to 90 shots a game. Um, okay. So we definitely, we definitely cross half court a lot. Um, it kind of depends on our opponent. It kind of depends on on how how well we're shooting and how many rebounds we're able to get um but it, it's a it's a pretty high number compared to most teams yeah and you were talking earlier about you focus mostly on offense i'm assuming uh and less on the defensive talk about get into your your pressing system because we're a two two one we run we run two two one everything sometimes two one two we go a two one two half court buzz trap all that mm. how do you I like that how do you guys do it? So we do a full court man run and jump. Ball goes sideline. We trap it. Ball goes middle. We jump it. Okay. Um, we do a one, two, two trapping press where we just trap everywhere, almost like a fire, almost like a blitz. Um, it's more of a zone. You stay in your area and you trap. And, and we're doing these make or miss. Um, we have a two, two, one back to man, but we still try to be pretty aggressive out of it. And then we have like a three quarter court one, two two uh where we're trying to trap the ball right across half court so you got a lot of multiple defenses um i would and love we don't that. and yeah. we don't have that we don't have that every year we just have a really experienced group this year we have a bunch yeah. of seniors so we've been able to add some more stuff yeah for sure um you know how do you keep it simple for them i, I know even at the college level you got to keep it simple and so forth give me some of your key concepts as far as trapping when the rotate or is it just i mean you guys are ball hawking all the time. Um, we try to give a lot of freedom and we try to say you're either going to go or you're not going to go. You're not going to be stuck halfway in between. Um, so you're either going to commit or you're going to stay with your man and you don't get stuck in no man's land. Try not to ask questions. If you can get it, no matter what the rule is, if you know you can get it, go get it. Um, and then just sprint back once the ball is past you and rematch up and try to sit down. So we, we just try to keep it simple there. Um, Anytime you coach girls, it's never simple. There's always a lot of, well, what if, well, what if, well, what if? Um, so we, we get that a lot. Um, it takes some time. Uh, I think that in the six years I've been a head coach, the majority of our losses have been in November and December. Um, I think that our January, February, and March uh, record is elite. Um, so we, we, we take some losses early, just trying to figure it out and just trying to get used to the timing of things and, and when to make the right rotations. Kim, do you, you try to get a steal within like 12 seconds? Do you have like a time? Cause I know a lot of, you know, all your, all your, um, all your, all your teams that, that run the system are maybe trying to get the ball or get a shot off within seven seconds or 12 seconds. How do y'all do it? Um, yeah. We we don't have any of that. We have, we have none of that. We are, we're probably pretty anti-system when it comes down to shooting the ball quickly mm -hmm. or getting a steal quickly. We just want to take the ball out quick, get a deep outlet, get the best shot we can get. And we want to match up as quickly as we can make or miss and jam the ball up as close to the baseline as you can. Um, that's really it. We don't, we're not going to put a timeline on it or anything like that. All right. Terminology, jam ball up. What do you mean by that? 
Um, so when the, just stop the ball, stop the ball with high okay. hands on a make or a miss, I, whoever you take the closest person to you, you match up and you try to slow them down. Did you say you sub in, how do you do your substitution patterns? I'm always interested in how you guys do that. About every 60 seconds, we throw five new bodies in. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and give me up for, for coaches who, who run it or are interested in doing that. Do you have, how do you match up your, your units? Uh, we try to balance them. So we do point guard, point guard, shooter, shooter, big, big, and then the other two. <laughs> um, and so sometimes it's a shooter. Sometimes it's not balanced, right? So one group may have two shooters and the other group may have two point guards. Um, so it, it doesn't always balance very well. But then you look at numbers, you know, like if this player is the best rebounder, let's put the second best rebounder in this group. If this player is the um, takes is the best player and scores most points, then let's put the second best player in the other group. And we just try to balance them out um, so that they're competitive in practice. And and one thing we do is we compete hard every single day in practice. Right. And so right. our, we just try to make sure, like, if one group is getting blown out all the time, then that the groups probably aren't even. Yeah, and obviously, I'm assuming you can't. Do you put your five best players all in one unit? Um, uh, I've tried it different ways uh, before. No, we we will see. We have the benefits, like unlike men's basketball, we we do have quarters. So we'll put our best five in, like the last minute and a half of each quarter. We'll okay. start our best five um, at at each half, and then you know if it's a close game and we have to kind of slow it down a little bit and change our presses up to maybe one that's not so aggressive, we can usually go our best five there. Yeah, absolutely. I want you to kind of transition into your, since you are a transition team, so we're going to transition. <laughs> we're going to go really fast here, Coach. Because um, I, I like taking quick shots. And I literally, Coach, if you're open, you shoot it. Uh, mm -hmm. But you got to practice that way, too. But talk about how you guys create shots for your for your players. Um. We try to keep good space. Um, we, and again, we do try to play fast. We try to keep good space. We try to push, um, push pace and play downhill a lot. And so get your defenders on their heels, get them backpedaling and then go score. Um, so we want to, we want to play downhill. We want to space out the opponents. We don't have a big, we play five outs. And so that makes help rotations hard. Um, and so um, that we, we practice shooting a lot of threes um so that everyone on our team can shoot and hit open threes some better than others but they all have it and they've all practiced it and they've all put the work in so are, are you more of a drive and kick pass cut yes um i mean but how do you this is where i'm struggling I, i'm at a new program this year trying to teach you know my system here um not all kids can drive and kick at the high school level as you, you mm. already know that um how do you adjust to that there's some kids where you know, they're not going to drive and kick. They might just be pass and cut. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, and we, we identify who our drivers are, um, but we have a lot of kids and, and there's no, there's no shame in that. I was one of those kids. I'm not a driver. So I'm going to pass. I'm going to cut hard and I'm going to get back out of the way. And if my man goes to help, I'm going to relocate a little bit and I'm going to be able to knock down a shot. And so we have, a, we have a handful of those kids and that's okay. They just have to be able to hit down the open shot so that their, their man can't sit in the paint and help. Um, and doesn't clog up the driving lanes for the other girls. And so, yeah, I, I think we have a pretty balanced mix. We have about three good drivers in each group, two good shooters. Um, 
And so you're always going to have that. They just got to pass and cut or, or pass and follow it with a ball screen. Um, just play a little bit differently. Yeah. Give me, um, how did, how do teams defend you a little bit? I mean, I, I know they're probably just, you're probably driving them crazy on preparation because, you know, most teams don't play like you guys, which is to an advantage. That's why I don't why I don't understand why more college teams aren't playing your style. Kind of, kind of, kind of delve into that a little bit. Um, we have seen it all. Um, we see a lot of zone. I think we saw zone 90% of the month of January. And then when we finally saw man, we were like, what is this? And we didn't even know what to do. Um, so we'll see a lot of different things in a game. Again, we want to beat whatever defense they are in up the floor. That's the goal. Um, we don't even want to be able to tell what it is. Um, and if we get a shot, we get a shot. If not, we're going to still pass and cut until we get a shot. Um, we see, we've seen a lot of different things. We've seen people just play like a, a three, one, one over my years here. We've seen a bunch of things, but if you have capable kids and you're willing to go get the rebound offensive rebound, putbacks are the easiest shots or offensive rebound, kick out threes are the easiest shots. Um, it's kind of shoot it, go get it, do it again. Yeah. I mean, I guess um, do teams try to play, I guess you're forcing them to play a, a fast style so it comes down to basically just shot making right now how, how do the teams that have, have beaten you guys which this year nobody has but what do they do offensively or defensively to kind of neutralize you guys um yeah this year is a little bit unique um in my earlier years we would kind of live and die by the three um and we would if teams sat in the two, three zone and we would just fire up threes and fire up threes and then we would lose. Um, so that's something we kind of adjusted to a little bit that we're, we don't really want to live and die by the three. Um, and, and we've worked on our defense, our half court defense this year too. And I think that's probably been the biggest thing. So on nights where we don't just shoot well um, and we just can't buy a bucket, we can at least defend our way to being, being able to win. I think that's huge, um, especially at this level and especially the further you go. And so I think a lot of, a lot of the involvement of playing fast is your shot selection. So if you're, you, if you're going to go cold, you have to be able to go rebound it and, and score other ways than just shooting threes. Yeah, I totally agree. I think uh, the other night, hey, Kim, we shot 30, we were 11 for 39. So that's, that's to me, that's a great percentage uh, for, <laughs> yeah. but you know, the other night, then we were a little bit colder, but when nights that are cold, I get, I, obviously it's tougher um, when you get to the NCAA tournament, does it get tougher because of the, the one and done? It, it does get tougher because the one and done. And I'm interested to see how we do this year. It was usually our defense was lacking. Um, and I think we've done a better job in the half court defense this year. So I'm, I'm interested to see how we can put that together and how far we can go. Um, because again, like I said before, in the years past, we would get in the tournament and we would we would not hit shots and we would lose because we would not hit shots, but we wouldn't play half court defense and you're not going to go very far playing that way. And so if we don't hit shots then we need to make sure our opponents don't hit shots. Um, and so that's kind of been our, our Achilles heel down the stretch. So I'm really hoping that our work will pay off this year. Yeah. And I have a great friend, uh, Gene Durden, who coaches at Buford high school out here, uh, girls basketball, unbelievable, like nine, 10 state championships, great coach. He, he's a pressing coach. He always told me, he says, coach, the press will only get you so far. There's times when you just have to grind it out. Is that yep. true? Even at the NCAA level, right? 
no yeah that I mean that happened to us last night um our, our press just we weren't playing hard enough and we weren't making the right rotations and we just had to grind it out we just had to say all right like we're just gonna have to sit down and guard and we're gonna have to to grind it out and so I without a doubt um the the more you play teams I mean sometimes you play three team three times um right. you're gonna be in those situations and in any tournament anytime you play teams multiple times that's that's what's gonna happen Coach, how do y'all practice? Because, um, you know, I know we do a lot of shooting in our practice. Uh, and really, I, I basically save the legs for the games. I know that sounds mm -hmm. crazy. How do y'all practice? What's your system there? Um, so we practice about as hard as we can possibly practice for two hours, just about every night, maybe not the day before or the day after a game. Um, but we definitely use the whole floor. So even if we're doing like a two-on-one drill working on traps um we'll bring it back and we'll work on one on two on the other end um and so we we definitely uh, i would say 90 percent of our drills are full court drills um Interesting. we okay. we get up and down we run a lot um we'll just run just to run um you're not in trouble but we're this is part of it and so we get on the line do a 17 and then let's get in the next drill and, and if you ask any of my players they'll definitely say oh well, well all we do is run um but again, it's what makes them good. Uh, and then we do a lot of shooting. We do a lot of skill. And so we'll have days where we do two a days. That's what we were supposed to do it at noon today um, was a skill session. And then we were going to practice later tonight where we just work on finishing. We work on driving and kicking and we work on shooting. Do you worry about fatigue, though, uh, I guess at this time of year with the full court? Because uh, I know a lot of coaches kind of, you know, uh, are, are different in their philosophy. Um, I got to start reevaluating my philosophy because I'm going shorter practices uh, and not as much transition. I need to start looking at what you guys are doing. Well, we also um, use male practice players at times. So our, our kids are going about every other one. And okay. like we have to reevaluate practice tonight because we had some kids play 27 minutes. But other than that, like on game days, our kids are playing 20 minutes. Their game days are their off days. Um, they're getting 20 minutes of cardio every game and that is it they're not getting anything else and so I want our practices to be harder than our games I want them to look forward to the games um and so I think that that's I think that's big for us um I have had years where I've just absolutely burnt them out and I have had years where we have just been out of shape and so that's a, that's a fine line I and know. I try to I try to get the kid that I trust the most um and I ask them how their legs feel um not the not the one that's always tired not the one that that doesn't want to just tell you what you want to hear um i try to pick the ones that are going to be honest with you and then gauge it from there that's a great that I, I, that that's uh undervalued they're really kind of asking the kids yeah. how they feel and i think a lot of coaches don't do that <laughs> um, hey coach uh give me give me kind of your a couple of your your core practice drills maybe a shooting drill maybe a, a defensive trap drill that uh some of us coaches can steal from me. Um, we do full court three on three just about every day. Okay. Um, just so nobody can hide. I mean, if you're going to press, everyone has to make rotations. And so if you're doing three on three, nobody can hide. So we do three on three down and back probably for eight minutes every day. Um, and then sometimes we'll do it where we do three on four. And so the defense has the advantage. And so you have to get a seal. And so I, I think that really helps, especially the younger and the newer your team is, is setting them up for success. So they get the, the guts and the courage to make the rotations for the steal. 
Um, so we'll do take the ball out of bounds and we'll have three people on offense, four people on defense, and we'll go down and back and you got to scramble your way through it on the way back and talk. Um, so we do that a lot. Um, shooting drills. We do like a, a Reggie Miller shooting where it's on the move. So if you make it, you sprint to half court and go back. If you miss it, you sprint to the opposite foul line and go back. Okay. We'll do that for about a minute. Um, and then switch. And then we also like to do five minute threes, which is just your partner shooting. You're shooting for five minutes straight from the three point line. And the goal is to make 50. Um, and if you can make 50, then you're a pretty elite shooter in our program. That's really interesting. I haven't done the five minute three. I, I, so what you're trying to do is develop endurance shooters, correct? I mean, I mean, because five yeah. minute threes continuous like that is a lot. of Yeah. Shots. Yep. It's a lot of shots. Um, they're getting a lot of shots up. They can shoot from wherever they want to shoot from and they don't have to move. If they want to move, they can move. Um, and so again, the goal is 50 and that's kind of the standard. It, it sometimes it's our preseason test of, all right, you have to make 50 and you're going to do it every day until you make 50 because that's the standard here. And we obviously have some kids that come in and make 30. Um, and so you could just kind of have to set a, a different goal for them and then test them again at the end of the year and, and encourage them on how much better they've gotten. But the trick is you got to make sure it's with one ball, because if you do it with two balls, that number can get to 80 real quick. Um, 50, you got to, you got to kind of yell at the, the rebounder and make sure that they are sprinting and they are, they are working to get the ball back as quick as you can. Cause gotcha. a lot of that joke can come down to how hard the rebounder works. Oh, totally. I mean, that's, that's where I get frustrated the most is, is, is in our rebound shooting drills. Uh, man, we got to constantly, you know, get onto them about that because that's, that's important. We, I don't think we practice enough rebounding. Well, how do you, how do you teach? I'm assuming your offensive rebounding is important. How do you drill that or how do you emphasize that? You know, we're phenomenal when we do drills. Um, we are phenomenal when we do a rebounding drill. Um, and then it all goes away in the next drill where we are not working on rebounding. Right. Um, so we'll sometimes just have like a sled on a, uh, a 45 pound plate on a towel on the side of the court. And if they don't box out, if somebody gets an offensive rebound on them, they'll just push the sled down and then get back in the drill. Or a lot of the times if they, they already know. Um, so they just go on their own. If they didn't box out, they either run a hard down and back or they go over there and they push the, they push the weight down and back. Um, and so we also have a, have a rule that we don't do a great job of policing, but anytime the team, the other team gets two offensive rebounds in a row, we stop practice and we, we run down, back, down, back, and then we get back in the drill. Um, so that's something we just try to stay on them throughout every single drill, because if they don't think about it, they won't do it. Right. And that takes a lot of energy, right? You find out like your team has, you know, high amounts of energy in a game, whether you're crashing the boards and pursuing, right? Right, exactly, exactly. And you can see who's tired real quick by who's not crashing. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Coach, hey, I, I really appreciate you joining me. Um, I really I really got some good insight. I, I love what you do. I love one thing I really got from you was how your practices are full court for 80 to 90% of your practice. I think that's very interesting. Um, Hey, before you go, talk about some of your players uh, like Sakaya Winfield, uh, Rashana Stone. I mean, kind of, kind of, kind of give some props. Uh, kind of talk a little bit about some of the great players that have played for you. Yeah, um, you know, I think all the players that have played for me have been great. Um, 
you know, the ones that score the most tend to get the most publicity and, and Roshana and Zakaya are phenomenal. We had Paris McLeod a few years ago, who was two time back to back player of the year. Um, but I think the thing that makes the system great is the role players that can accept their roles. Um, the shooters who only get shots when the drivers and the best players pass it to them um, and that don't pout. And so there's, there's so many players that have come through here that have just just, okay, I'm a shooter and I'm a rebounder. And then they lock into that, or I'm a rebounder and I'm a putbacker and they lock, they lock into that. And so I think like we have a lot of great players. We have a lot of studs. Um, but I mean, we have 18 kids on our team year in and year out that every single one of them brings something to the table. Yeah. And how do you separate, how do you get some great players into, because a lot of kids think they're division one, right coach. And how do you get them to come to a division two program rather than a division one? Because I, I, I think it looks like when I watch your team on film and you got some kids that can play at the D1 level. No, we do. Um, and so I think the world is changing a little bit. Um, we, uh, the transfer, transfer portal now, and we can get, we can get some D1 kickbacks because we, it's not that we're in a great location, but because we are successful and, and we get a lot of kids, the majority of the kids that we get um, want to win a championship, which just makes us better. We don't get kids that because we're in the middle of nowhere. And so we don't get kids that just want to go be a part of something or want to go to a big party school or anything like that. We get kids that are hundred percent dedicated to basketball. Um, we get basketball kids. And so if you look at our roster, we have a play, players from Kentucky, Ohio, West Virginia, Serbia, France, um, Sweden, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Maryland. And so we, we go far and wide to find the best players we can find. Yeah, I, I, got a, I got a shooter for you. She made six threes the other night and four threes before she got hurt the other night. So I might have a shooter for you, Coach. Hey. I'll take her. I'll take her. <laughs> hey, before you go, congratulations on the 40 under 40 honoree. Uh, that sounds like a great um, award that you got. Talk a little bit about the importance of being recognized for that. No, um, it was great. It was, it was kind of a funny situation. I mean, I didn't quite know what it was. And then I went to the banquet and I was like, whoa, I don't really belong here because you had doctors and you had lawyers and you had people that were working overseas to save the planet. And I'm like, whoa, how did I, how did I get a, to be a part of this? And so it was really cool just to kind of be in a group of uh, professionals that all excelled at a fairly early age. Um, I'm not quite sure basketball <laughs> uh, qualifies as that, but it was a really nice honor to be able to be in that room with those people. Yeah, basketball and coaching definitely does coach. Your coaches have more impact than probably any other profession. True. Uh, and teachers True. too. Um, and you're always, one of the statements I saw is that you're always about giving back. Talk about that really quick. You're about giving back to the community. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm in a really good situation here where our community gives to us and we try to give back to them. And so we try to go watch the high school team play and go do what we can at the elementary school. And, but those people give back to us and they come to our games. And so it's a small town feel and, and we're able to get our girls out and about and to be able to um, just be seen and help out where they need to help out. Coach, I sure appreciate you joining me. I'm going to have a lot of coaches kind of interested in <laughs> contacting you and also maybe even getting some video clips or some drills from you. Uh, how can, how can coaches get a hold of you? 
Um, just have them feel free to email me. I'm not the best with email, but I will get to it eventually. And if I don't respond, go ahead and double email me because I'm not, I'm not the greatest, but I'll get to it at some point in time. Absolutely. Coach Stevens, thank you so much for uh, joining our podcast. You are now part of the Championship Vision family, Kim. So, hey, congratulations. <laughs> well, thank you very much for having me. It's been fun. All right. Thanks, Coach. Good luck this year. All, All right. right. Thank you. You too. Bye. At Dr. Dish Basketball, we're creating basketball shooting machines that accelerate player performance. With features like on-demand workouts, multiplayer stat tracking, and instant analytics, Dr. Dish Basketball is the number one source for basketball training. Whether you're training in your driveway, running a practice, or developing a workout program, we have the most innovative training solutions to help your players practice like they play. And just for listening to this podcast, you qualify for an exclusive discount. Just mention Championship Vision Podcast to your sales rep when you call in. For more information, visit drdishbasketball.com or call 952-873-2633. Again, that number is 952-873-2633. And remember, be better every day. Dr. Dish Basketball's Virtual Camp 2.0 is now live. Our camp features drills and workouts from pro players, coaches, and trainers like Byron Scott, Quincy Pondexter, and four-time WNBA champ Lindsey Whalen. And though we're known for our shooting machines, the camp also features ball handling, agility, and conditioning drills to help athletes of all ages round out their game. A shooting machine is not required for this camp, but if you own or have access to a Dr. Dish CT or Dr. Dish Home, you can follow along with our pre-built program and track your progress and your stats. Sign up today to gain access to the Virtual Camp 2.0 featured drills and workouts by visiting drdishbasketball.com slash virtualcamp2021. That's drdishbasketball.com slash virtual-camp-2021. Coaches, I'd like to welcome our new Championship Vision podcast sponsor, Huddle Assist. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stance like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happens. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to learn more. Huddle will also be at the Legends at the Grove Clinic on September 12th at Walnut Grove High School in Loganville, Georgia. Come stop by our table to chat and see what we have to offer.